0: The podcast where two best gals explain anything and everything to each other, better than any man ever has.
1: Welcome back to our deep dive series in astrology. This is part two. This week, we're making it personal. We're talking all about our charts and your charts.
0: Yeah, you could Google it, but isn't it more fun to learn it from a friend? I'm Michelle.
1: (laughs) You're always like waiting to see if I'm going to just like dive in and
0: I'm Claire. (laughs) Well, because there was a few times these past weeks and our audience can verify this, that you did cut me off with it. So now I'm a little worried. Now I'm like scared that you're going to say it first. So I was giving you the leeway. But now from now on, I will not give you the time.
1: It's my Aries energy that makes me want to be like a little reckless and like a little unpredictable, but I do have like a little bit of Virgo energy that makes me come off like I'm not going to do that, but we'll get into that later for now Michelle. You've been really busy lately and I want to know why.
0: I've been really busy, Claire, because I've been apartment hunting and I really love apartment hunting. I love just looking at new places and like experiencing the space and imagining like what it would be like living there. And I wanted to mention this on the podcast, though, because as I've been looking for new apartments, literally the biggest thing at the forefront of my brain is how am I going to record the podcast in this space?
1: For those of you who don't know, Michelle lives in New York City, baby. So what neighborhood are you in now for our New York City
0: listeners? Right now, I'm in Washington Heights, um, which for non-New York City people is very, very up north on top of Manhattan. It's like people who live or know New York wouldn't even consider it part of Manhattan. They basically consider it off the island. But I am on the island, folks. Um, I'm right next to the GWB. That's what I've heard
1: when people people talk about Washington Heights (laughs) or when I've been like, yeah, my friend lives like up in Washington Heights. They've been like, oh, so she doesn't live in Manhattan?
0: I do live in Manhattan. Thank you very much. I have a New York zip code.
1: (laughs) So where are you looking to go?
0: Just like at least 40 blocks down. Um, Oh, at
1: least 40. Is that what you said? Yes.
0: (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) Well, not in New York. In New York, 40 is... Barely anything. But the main thing I want really is just to have enough space in my room to have a desk so I can record this lovely podcast in. And today I even looked at a place that had... Um, a small two small very tiny closet sized rooms right next to each other so that I could in one room sleep and in the room next to it make into a recording studio so we're getting serious really this is really cool on the brain yes this is on the brain um galsplained is like literally my priority right now in my apartment hut and I was like wow this has consumed my life
1: well I also like that like as someone that I know you do some work from home and You have creative projects you're always trying to do at home. That's so good to have, like, a separate space from your bed. My old job, I used to literally roll out of my bed and my desk. I could touch my desk from my pillow. Like, that's how my old apartment, my old job was. Pre-pandemic, I was working from home. So it was so nice when we moved here. Even though it's, like, 10 steps to the other room, it is still a separate space.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas for so, me right now, I don't know if I've really talked about it this much on the podcast, maybe a little, but like, I work on a bookshelf. <laughs> and I have like a nice mic too. Like, it's not like I have some, like, uh, cheap equipment. Like I have all this like fancy recording stuff on a bookshelf in a tiny closet room that doesn't fit any of this stuff. So I'm I'm just like, Yeah. Forefront, my oh, brain is an upgrade. <laughs> There's <laughs> options, though, that I can move to. So hopefully I find something. But um, on that end, we were actually supposed to do a double recording last week with this episode and the last episode from last week. And uh, something came up and we ended up having to record it a little later in the week. So are there any updates for you, Claire, on your thoughts on astrology?
1: Ooh, um... I guess I did a little bit more digging, which I want to share later about some astrology apps, and I have more recommendations on that. Just because I have I have some beef with CoStar, and I think we can start with our beef with CoStar. Yeah, I can. CoStar I'm is like the most well-known astrology app, like most mainstream, and it's a crock, of crap. It. It does tell you your chart because it literally is just, you know, you type in the numbers and it tells you your chart, but then it processes like information, like horoscopes for you. And a lot of people probably have it on their phone. And I think that it is not only inaccurate, but it is non-specific and totally woo-woo. So there's this part on the Co-Star app when you go in and it says like a quote at the beginning. And mine says, you will not fall apart today. I'm
0: like, what? (laughs) That's dramatic. Why why is
1: that the energy that I need? Later down, it says, through today, are you ready to be reckless? What?
0: Uh, Oh. (laughs) I guess you weren't ready at the beginning of this podcast. But then it
1: says such general things. Why do you let your anxiety rule? Don't self-sabotage your own progress by pushing everything deep down. Like that is the most general statement of all time. Every person in our age bracket has let their anxiety rule this last year.
0: <laughs> and here's my beef with costar from like the astrologers that I've talked to or the people i've been who've been into astrology that I've talked to, they all believe basically that it it goes by a not very accurate system of calculating your chart so like some things may be off on it to begin with that being said like there's so many other things like I agree with you like a lot of those statements are just so general I do think if it works for you it works for you for a long time I used CoStar and it worked for me in hindsight like I don't really like how it shows your compatibility with your friends and stuff like uh the way it shows you like like this part of you doesn't match. This part of you does match. It's not very accurate because the way they describe the planets and we'll get into how we describe the planets, but the way they describe the planets and the houses um, and how they work off each other, it doesn't have to be so negative if they're not necessarily complementary, quote unquote, you know? So I, well, t- I don't know how I feel about that.
1: I feel the same way about like when we're talking about Enneagrams or love languages or anything That kind of breaks down your personality in a way. People are, you know, fully fleshed out human beings that have gone through experiences that are different than just like how they were born and the time that they were born. So I firmly believe that even if your astrological sign might tell you that you're like not a grounded person or like not good at giving advice, I've had friends that are exactly grounded people that give great advice, even though their signs tell them they're the exact opposite. Just like I've had friends that I know that um, Aries aren't thought to be really monogamous people, and Jeff and I are both Aries, (laughs) and here we are, right? right?
0: And that's supposed to be like butting heads all the time, and like, you're fine. (laughs) I know,
1: we, we really just, we're very communicative people, but it's because that's like, maybe, maybe, there's an innate part in, you know, areas that want to, like, I don't know, that are more prone to butt heads, but I'm an over communicator because that's a learned trait. So I feel like you can be compatible with anyone that you want to be with. Astrology aside, friends, relationships, work relationships, if you communicate.
0: (laughs) Right. And all that to say, like, there's many different answers that I have for that. The first part is that, like, your chart only is part of you. I mean, think about, like, twins, for instance. If you're a twin, you're going to have a very similar part chart to your twin, but you're not going to be identical in personality. So, like, True. who you are c- colors your chart in a way. Like, if you look at the chart of, like, a sociopath murderer, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, and you happen to have the same chart as them, that doesn't make you a sociopath murderer, you know? So, there's things to be learned about how it the universe influences you and how your chart may like show up in you, but it doesn't rule you, you know.
1: <laughs> Despite you saying all that, all I can think about is what is Ted Bundy's chart. So, next <laughs> week at recess, that's what we're looking up. Uh Oh god. <laughs> stay tuned.
0: Yeah. Um I Maybe will say Maybe we can
1: look up like statistically what are the most like serial killers
0: I think I've lines. seen before and I think if I remember correctly I may be wrong um that Pisces was a big one
1: <gasps> not for by serial Pisces. killers yes
0: I will say I think it was I think it was Pisces
1: oh uh, we will confirm <laughs> next week but all of our skepticism aside I am ready to dive deep Into learning more about us and what makes us us in accordance to the universe. Let's
0: let's do it. And last week we started with some puzzle pieces. This week we're just adding a little more puzzle pieces and then, like, giving. Oh, okay.
1: So sorry, (laughs) I'm choking on my kombucha. Continue. (laughs)
0: <laughs> She's lying it's beer i know it's fermented something
1: It is kombucha <laughs> i cannot drink beer cuz i can't have gluten
0: <laughs> Oh my gosh Anyways um ooh i may drink tonight since we're recording at nighttime We were supposed to record tomorrow morning but now we got the night off
1: <laughs> I love recording in the evening
0: <laughs> Um the only problem is the music outside on the streets of New York Um anyways <laughs> Where was I? Um yeah, so we're just continuing the puzzle ple- puzzle pieces today, <laughs> Claire. Um and this Michelle, have you already been drinking? <laughs> <laughs> we did have to do Oh my gosh, we're we're doing so many tangents this week, but we had to do like three takes at the beginning of this podcast to just get started. Um no, I have not had a drink, audience. Um anyways, I uh, connecting the puzzle pieces. We have to connect them, Claire. <laughs> and we're going to start with the planets. And okay. so you always hear, right? We last week, we talked about the signs and like how the signs are placed within the chart. And the signs have fixed um, cardinal and um, mutable modalities. They're fire, earth, water, air. We figured out how the puzzle piece- pieces fit and like those signs and what they mean. This week, we're taking those signs. We're going to take the planets and we're going to talk about like we always are told, oh, I'm a son in Aries. OK, what does that mean? You know, so we're going to talk about that and then we're going to put that on real life examples, i.e. Claire and me and also some audience members. OK.
1: So- um, I actually think it's really interesting because I think like 10 years ago, everyone really in mainstream culture only knew their sun sign. And it's not until the last few years that people have been like, but what's your moon and what's your rising? So Michelle, what does that like even mean?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So I'm going to go one by one so it doesn't get confusing. So we can really place focus on each one of them. And I'm even going to throw something new in there in the mix that not many people know about um, because I think it's that important. Um, And I may even just mention the other planets uh, just because they're also important. First, we're going to start with The Sun, the most popular. Um, my best friend, I'm just kidding. She's not my best friend, but she's the person that I read read her books. I listen to her workshops. Her name's Chani Nicholas. Talked about her last episode. A lot of the stuff that and information I have comes from her.
1: I was like, who is she? Because she's not me.
0: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um. I recommend everyone reads her books. Um, She has a book called You Were Born for This. That's where, it's like my astrology textbook (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to sun, moon and rising, especially. Um, But she says of the sun, the heart, the center of our physical system is the organ it rules. Um, So basically this is how you shine. This is where your essence, your brilliance is, um, your identity, your individuality. We're gonna focus with the sun on the word essence. So it's not necessarily the inner you and it's not necessarily what motivates you. It's what your identity is and what where your essence and individuality lies.
1: Interesting. And this is what Michelle and I always talk about. We're both Aries. This is based on the date that you were born.
0: Yes. So that's like the month. So right now we're in Taurus season. So if you were born right now, you'd be a Taurus son. Um, It's what everyone knows because it's pretty easy to popularly talk about your identity because not only is it something that you would identify with but it's something people would identify with you very easily Um, Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's your heart um, as Channy nicely puts it Um, so that's the lovely sun sign Um, but next up we have the moon Um, the moon is as Channy describes it where you find comfort where you get fed and where you need to connect in a meaningful way Um, and that doesn't mean fed by food necessarily. (laughs) Um, so this one reflects a lot on your body, your lineage, even your childhood and your innermost needs. So like a lot of, honestly, your moon placement can sometimes say a lot about like your family life, your mother specifically, like who gave birth to you. It says a lot about your body. It can, um, at times, um, I couldn't read that for you necessarily, um, because I'm not an astrologer um, who's that gifted. But yeah, a lot of the times it can say a lot about your like creepy stuff about who raised you and who birthed you. Um, um, this
1: is based on the time you were born.
0: Yes. To know your moon time, you to know your moon, you wouldn't need to know your time. Same with your rising, um, mm-hmm. which we'll get to, but specifically what we're going to focus on, the phrase we're going to focus on with the moon is this is how you feel emotionally secure. It's the things you need in life to feel emotionally secure. Um, So everyone feels that differently. Um, And then next up is rising. So rising is the part in the sky that was on the eastern horizon when you were born. So because of this, it's the life you are constantly striving toward. The sign that colors everything in your existence is your rising. Um, Chani puts it as the style in which you find your way through this earthly experience. It's your motivation for living life, essentially. And a lot of people I've heard refer your rising as like the mask you put on, which makes sense in a way because it's like you are seeing that as the motivation for what you want to be, what you want your existence to be. Um, How how
1: you want to come off.
0: So, of course a lot of the time you would come off as this sign. um, It would be so interesting to
1: meet someone that had a really, like, the same sun, moon, and rising. Like, they felt the same way inside that they were trying to put off to other people because mine are different. Are yours different? Yes, yes. Okay, so I I think that's really interesting. And rising's also known as, like, ascendant sometimes, right?
0: Yes, and so your rising sign... I believe at least with whole house systems, definitely with always with whole house systems, which we might get into, um, it's always in your first house. So if another planet had the same sign as your rising, then that means that planet would also be in your first house. And um, what that means basically is that's the house of like identity. So yes, if you had a sun, moon and rising, that was all the same sign, That would basically mean you had a very strong sense of identity and you very like fully embodied that sign. Um, And like my grandma actually has this. So and she is very much she has this in Scorpio. So (laughs) she very much embodies the sign Scorpio. And she also has a very strong sense of self and a very intense nature to her because of this. Um, She strives towards that. She is that and she reflects that and she needs to feel that Scorpio energy to feel emotionally secure. So that's how it would kind of work for her. Interesting. Um, yes. For, we'll get into more examples with us later with this, but those are how the big three um, are defined. Um, and that's the big three that everyone has been most recently knowing and talking about. Do you have any questions so far about these three? Cause I'm going to throw something new at you in just a second.
1: Throw it at me. I'm ready.
0: Okay. So off of the rising sign because remember the rising sign is not a planet um it's the sign that you're looking at when you're born towards the east eastern horizon it's rising there
1: interesting
0: but it's important because um each sign as we talked about last week a little bit when we were going over the signs is ruled by a planet so it's important what sign uh that planet is in in your chart, because we also have a sign that rules every planet in our chart. So for instance, um, for me, and I'll use me as an example, because why not? For me, I have a rising in Sagittarius. Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter. So because of that, I have to look at where, what sign Jupiter is in in my chart. um, And that guides me even further. Um, so, and that's because your ascendant ruler, that's what this is called, um, is where and how your life is being steered toward. Um, Chani talks about this a bit in her book as well as like a ship, like you're on a great ship and you're being steered toward this certain place in life. And this is the where and the how your life is being steered toward there. Um, and this can be a little bit predictive in some ways, but also just In terms of how you work with things. So um, yeah. It also matters a lot with houses. The ascendant ruler. Because the house is where you're being steered towards in life. And as I told you last time. With like houses. That's the where things are in your chart. In terms of like the setting of your life. Being steered toward there.
1: If you're a visual person. Like I am. I recommend looking up your chart. And looking at all of it while we're talking at least for a second so that you can kind of piece together like what we mean because honestly I didn't really know what houses were until Michelle started telling me last
0: week so yes I honestly one of our uh listeners told me they suggested we should make a guidebook because or not like a guidebook but like a chart to like kind of help out mm. with like figuring this stuff out. To which I said, there's a lot out there already. Um,
1: we can find a few and share them. For I would sure.
0: love to share some because, um, yeah, I think a lot of this, once you like really just piece it together, it's not super complicated, at least the basics that I'm teaching you now. Um, and I think the Ascendant Ruler is important with the big three because it's kind of tied in with the rising sign. I mean, it's like you're driving this big ship and you have a motivation for living life. But where are you going towards with that motivation? And that's kind of what that sign tells you. And that kind of colors it a little bit. And I really liked the learning about the Ascendant Ruler because I personally didn't feel a connection that much with feeling like people would necessarily see me as a Sagittarius. Like if that was the mask I put on, I don't think someone would necessarily look at me and be like, you give off a lot of Sagittarius energy. But When I look at my ascendant ruler, it colors it a lot because my um, Jupiter is in Capricorn, which is very, um, very limiting in some ways to Sagittarius, which is a very buoyant sign. But Capricorn second guesses itself and um, mm. takes it back a notch and like grounds that a bit more, which
1: so basically like It's hard to look at one part of your chart and be like, this totally makes sense for me. You have to look at the full picture and see how it like balances and levels to to make you you. I I think that's really an important thought. Like if you don't resonate with one part of your chart, dig deeper and look at the rest to see how it levels you out.
0: Yeah, and I know that sounds like, oh my gosh, well, of course, there's always another part because then how could people justify that it's real? But like, this is just how you, this is just another answer to being like, I mean, it's what works for you.
1: <laughs> right, it's fun.
0: Um, so we got those puzzle pieces out there. Um, and we're not going to talk about the rest of the planets in terms of like giving examples to our charts that much. But since we might talk about them in terms of how charts work, I just want to mention what the other planets are. Um, we're going to start with Mercury. Mercury is a communication planet. It's all about how you communicate and it's referred to as the messenger. Um, Then there's Mars, which is the passionate planet. It's referred to as the warrior. This rules over like, the passions in your life um, and that could come out in any way you want it to. But since this is a family friendly podcast, we're going to let you do the thinking with that one. But um, even without being um, thinking too much about it, it could be how you fight and that fight could be in any sense of the word, you know?
1: Yeah, that Um, is really interesting.
0: Yeah. And then there's Venus Um, which is the commitment planet. And that doesn't mean like this is how you get married planet. This is like the things in life that you love and are committed to are ruled by this planet. Um, Hmm. This is how you love. Um, And it's called the lover, obviously. Um, The next one is Jupiter. This is the abundance planet. It kind of shows where and how you how you get abundance in life. And um, it's called the sage Um, Next up is Saturn, which is the taskmaster. This one is very much its name. It tasks you. It is all about giving you tasks in life, um, about duty, kind of. Um, And those are the traditional planets, which means it's like the ones that traditionally were known. There's modern planets that were discovered more recently that also are important, but they are aren't as personal as the traditional planets. And those planets are Pluto, which is the transformer, Neptune, which is the dreamer, and Uranus, which is the revolutionary.
1: Interesting.
0: Yes. So that's just a little brief look into what the planets are without getting too close, because you might need to know one of them for your um, uh, ruler. That being said, as far as traditional rulerships go, you're not going to ever, have an ascendant ruler that's Pluto, Neptune, or Uranus, because they're all gonna be traditionally ruled, at least the way I explained it to you. Interesting. Yes, so Thank that's you for
1: the- giving us the full picture.
0: You're welcome. I know it's like a lot of info, folks, but I would I would recommend if you uh don't already know astrology, which I assume some of you at least have a basic knowledge, but if not, um definitely write this stuff down. Look it up on your own. See what resonates with you, what doesn't. Um, Take what resonates with you from what I say. um, Write it down if you feel the urge to, because I do know that it's a lot. But if you are just on the train, cleaning, you don't have time to write it down, just take it in. And maybe like if you want to like look into it a little more later, like there's a ton of great resources out there.
1: And I think also knowing that astrology, just like anything, can serve you at different points in your life. And you might go through a few years where you're, like, not really resonating with anything with it and you're just, like, feeling fine. Or you might be like Michelle and I, i.e. our episode two weeks ago going through our, you know, right, rightly scheduled quarter-life crises. <laughs> and I have always found that in times of transition, uh, having something to read to help understand more about myself is is really helpful so if you come back to this in a few years hey if you're listening in 2025 how's it going um (laughs) but I think that that is a really interesting way to look at all of this too
0: yes um definitely but um now since we don't have a recess really that normal um cue the music music
1: Oh, back to recess, you skeptical SOBs.
0: Just kidding. Like, we're literally recording this uh, recess right now because we did an astrology episode last week, so this is like a pseudo recess. <laughs> but I, uh, like,
1: I like, I like, we never have like a recess about the topic that we're talking about right now. So I feel like very into astrology today. But we did ask everyone on our social media, which is why I called all of you skeptical SOBs. Um, I'm sorry. that we asked you how much you believe in astrology and we're averaging um probably like about 60 percent
0: yeah it's a little a little hanging towards the middle there I'd say um definitely a little skeptics in our audience which I think is totally fair I think like you were saying Claire before the break um it definitely is one of those things that finds you if you want to be found by it or if it if it helps you in that situation, just like Enneagrams, really.
1: Absolutely. Just like anything. But we also asked all of you uh, if you had any questions for us. And some of them we are not going to mention because we're going to address later in the episode. But there was a few that stuck out. Did you have one, Michelle?
0: Yes. Someone jokingly asked, will I win the lottery? And I know you were joking because you said (laughs) LOLJK in the prompt. Um, And astrology can't really predict the future, right? With anything. Um, But like we're talking about before the recess, there is the planet Jupiter, which is the planet of abundance. And there are like places like, and I don't really know the specifics for a lot of fortune, but there's something called a lot of fortune in your chart. Um, So there's a lot of Things like that, which can show when you're lucky, if you're like going to be gifted something um, and that gift could be anything really. But like, for instance, if you have Jupiter in the second house for some things, the second house is the house that rules um, assets, money, like financial things. If you happen to have a Jupiter in the second house at like a specific aspect, I bet and as a non-astrologer, I bet that could at least hint at maybe like some potential money that you might fall into and be lucky with because it's all about abundance inside of your assets. So I don't know if it could predict you're winning the lottery, but there's a lot of things it could help.
1: I can predict it though, because I'm wearing uh, amethyst earrings and amethyst is known to Activate your spiritual awareness and open your intuitive and psychic abilities. So, Absolutely. <laughs> um, I I could probably tell you, but that's another episode for another day. Maybe crystals coming soon.
0: Pay us a bit for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a crystal episode. I feel like I don't know that much about crystals, so that would be helpful. <laughs> but it's
1: it's all just like you are with astrology spitting it off your brain me with crystals I'm just like yeah like this one will do this and this one will do this
0: I don't know if I ever mentioned this but and we'll talk about it I guess when we do a crystal (laughs) episode one day but Claire gave me a ton of crystals for my birthday and I don't know what to do with all them I have crystals littered around my room it's beautiful I love them um but I don't know what any of them are and... I need
1: to tell you. I keep telling you that I'm going to tell you, and I don't. <laughs> so I need to tell you. Um,
0: oh, but that being I... said, I think I should mention, I made an altar to Vesta, which is the goddess of the hearth, and also an asteroid that is a part of your placement. Um, huh. Yes, and I have a whole altar set up to her with your crystals. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you. I feel the good energy coming from here. Do you feel, do you feel like I'm more intuitive?
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. I feel that. Thank you thank look you. very I spiritual am- today.
1: <laughs> I made these earrings, so I'm very proud of them. Well, you
0: did? They're very pretty. Oh, They're like thanks. little moons with crystals, everyone. Um, Follow Amethyst. me
1: at In Her Power Co. if you want to look at me and my friend Anna. I've just been making some earrings. So. Are you
0: <laughs> leveraging your other project
1: on this project? Good for you. Maybe. Maybe. Yes. Just like you with your YouTube channel.
0: <laughs> true, true. <laughs> true, true. Fair enough. Well, uh, I think that's all we can do for our recess today because we got to jump in to basically the biggest part of our recess, which is reading charts. Let's uh, not get actually reading charts. To- I shouldn't say that. <laughs> hey. Woo. Welcome back, folks, from our pseudo recess. Um, before we start talking about charts, I just want to reiterate. Um, what your planets mean, what your signs mean, and then what your houses mean. We haven't dived deep into houses. Personally, I'm not going to go house by house to tell you what each house means or like tell you what exactly houses are, because it is a bit extra. And it honestly, if you really want to know what the houses specifically mean, you could find a text document saying all of them very easily online. And I don't want to read that off to you because it'll probably just go one through one ear and out the other. But I will remind you what the planet signs and houses are and how they relate. Last time we talked about them being kind of related to um, how, you know, a theater stages a play. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the planets would be the characters in the script. The signs are the director's direction and the actor's flair to those characters, and the houses are the sets that the play is going on in. Right. So the planets are the who, the sometimes invisible, sometimes transparent forces at work around us that are affecting our everyday life. The signs are the how, the specific style and how you work within those energies, and houses are the where, the place in our lives that these forces are focused into. Alright. So all that being said, we're gonna look at... A little bit of Claire's chart. So. Yeah. Oh,
1: I don't like talking about me. <laughs>
0: oh, my God. <laughs> You're surprised that she doesn't have a Leo placement. <laughs> um, dang. Sorry, Leos. Um,
1: okay. I'm ready. I already know the first one. My
0: yes, son is in
1: Aries, baby.
0: Your son is in Aries, which means your essence is of initiating action. Right? So, that is how you identify is through initiating action. If we put all those puzzle pieces together from the pa- from the past. Um, um, if we look at houses, I'll just add that in as parentheses. Just take all the times that I use houses with all these charts. It's like a little parentheses because not many people know about that, but it's just going to be part of your sentences, right? Um, and just take it as a suggestion about it rather than It being, you know, exactly true because we didn't go into it that much. And I don't want to scare everyone listening or anyone's (laughs) charts we might look at. Um, So your essence is of initiating action in the eighth house, which means initiating action through mental health, intimacy, transformation and other people's resources.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm a big connector with other people. So that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um, Big in transformation. Um and then um we're gonna go into moon and Capricorn because that's what your moon is. And I just I feel like you know your sun in Aries. That's pretty obvious, but how do you feel emotionally secure? You need to feel emotionally secure through initiating practicality, which I think is absolutely true for you. <laughs> We've talked in the past on this no. podcast how you need to plan like things like in advance. Like you needed to schedule out your life plan. You're all about knowing those exact things. I feel like that's very you.
1: And I'm definitely getting better, but I feel like the Aries energy of wanting to have action all the time is very balanced through the Capricorn energy of wanting to do the responsible and rational thing that's why I always felt like not always connected to the fiery side of Aries because I can be fiery but I'm definitely grounded in rationality Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: I feel like I never related to that but this makes a lot of sense
0: but I will also add that it, it kind of makes sense why you're such a creative individual and even why you like working with kids because you need to feel emotionally secure through, through uh, initiating practicality within areas of sexual nurturing and creative energy because your moon is in the fifth house. So it kind of adds up to like the things you do to feel like you are emotionally secure. You feel like you have to be creative. You feel like you have to help Children, you know? Makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, but then we're gonna move on to your rising in Virgo. Virgo, baby! <laughs> this means you strive toward changing practicality, which also kind of meshes very well with your sun and your moon, with the initiating action, initiating practicality, and then changing practicality is what you strive toward. It kind of really boosts you there, I think, and if we we're just looking at words. Um but let's go into that ascending ruler. Virgo is ruled by Mercury, which is guided by Aries. Your Aries is in mm-hmm. the thir- eighth in the, I wrote that wrong. <laughs> Your Aries in the, is in the eighth house in Mercury. So what that means is that you're guided by the messenger planet in an action-oriented way through mental health, intimacy, transformation, and sometimes other people's resources. You might be helping people with their resources, be involved some way with that.
1: Yes. Yes. I want to go back to my rising for a second, because I think if you look at my (laughs) sun, moon, and rising, if you know me and you're listening, or you've just been getting to know me and you're listening, I think it... Michelle, I think sometimes you even think I very much come off like a Virgo. We were talking maybe months ago about how Jenna Marbles is a Virgo and has big Virgo energy. And you were like, oh, Virgo. And I was like, no, yes, I love Virgo because it is how I strive to come off to people. It's that mask that I wear And I think sometimes I come off as more organized and together than I actually am, but I'm always striving to be that way. So it's like this internal struggle because I know internally I've got the Aries in me that's like all over the place bouncing off the walls, but I want to put on this mask of like being very together and being very Virgo.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I've always thought you're like a very together person. So it's always funny to me when you ever have any issues and I'm very close to you. So I know when you have issues, but I'm like, yeah, but you look so put together all the time. I mean, you just seem so organized compared to like how I would view like how I like hold myself through life.
1: (laughs) I think I I think that Virgo-ness holds anyone who has any Virgo in their chart gets it. You hold yourself to like a really high standard. Mm-hmm. And I think Virgos are really associated with being perfectionists. So.
0: Yes. That being said, um, there's some things that you can figure out through the Internet. And one of those things is what famous people have the same big three as you? You have the same sun, moon and rising as Carrie Russell. If you don't cool. know who Carrie Russell, she's an actress and dancer she's been in um waitress the sh- the movie not the musical <laughs> um august rush mission impossible i'm looking at her imdb right i now.
1: watched <laughs> august rush every single almost every day in orchestra for like a month in middle school we watched
0: august rush i don't even our- know why i didn't mention felicity <laughs> she was <is> in <laughs> felicity the tv show oh, felicity she's felicity <laughs> herself you have the same big three as her wild wow.
1: i know she's probably listening so carrie you can reach out now i know you were waiting because you were a little nervous but <laughs> we have a lot in common so
0: feel free it's actually interesting you and another one of my good friends both have a rising virgo and i wonder if that's just like an energy that i like to be around it's yeah a good interesting pattern to look at
1: i almost feel like i'm faking my virgo a lot of the time so.
0: I feel like Virgos would feel like that, <laughs> <laughs> um, but especially an Aries sun um, rising Virgo. I know. That being oh. said, I'm going to be a little bit um, selfish in this moment and explain to you my chart um, just I'm to give for it. another view of an Aries. Um, and I'll go really quick, quickly through mine so we can get to audiences. Um, but my son in Aries is in the fifth house. Um, So I got that fifth house in Me Too, which means my essence is of initiating action within areas of sexual nurturing and creative energy. My moon in Libra is in the 11th house, which means I need to feel emotionally secure through initiating intellect within my community and through good fortune.
1: That makes so much sense with your Enneagram number two. Okay, continue. (laughs) You know.
0: (laughs) My moon in Libra is always messing things up. Also Aries and Libra are opposites on the chart. So that plays a lot in my um, chart as well. And as you know, Sun, uh, I'm Aries, Libra and Capricorn are all cardinal signs. So even you kind of have a little bit of struggle there because your signs are um, both cardinal. So they kind of butt heads within you with your sun and your moon. Um, so that's something to think about for you. Um, My rising is in Sagittarius, as I discussed earlier, ruled by Jupiter, which is guided by Capricorn in the second house. So I strive toward changing actions and I'm guided by the sage in an enduring way towards my goals and self-worth and my assets.
1: It's so interesting thinking about you having two opposite signs ruling your chart because I really do see that for you. I see You know, I've seen Michelle through a lot and we were in high school. So things were highly (laughs) emotional in high school when we first met and knew each other. So I saw you intellectually work through problems, like that side of your brain. And then I saw you Aries fiery energy work through problems. (laughs) And it was like one, you know, and obviously that's how high schoolers work too. But it was like one or the other. And it was always really uh, interesting to see. It was almost like you tried to intellectually work through something first. And then if it didn't work out, it was like, all right, I'm just going to be mad about it.
0: <laughs> and that rising in Sagittarius does not help me. <laughs> sometimes that Libra moon is like, I need to feel emotionally secure through that Libra moon. But like, it's just a little overpowered sometimes. Um, but trying. I, also, She's <laughs> trying to hold, hold me back. Because um, I need to feel emotionally secure through that way. Um, and sometimes it's difficult. <laughs> so that's me. Um, I I have the same big three as Linda Perry from Four Non Blondes and Gloria Swanson, the old American actress.
1: How did they find out what time these people were born? That's what I want to know. They
0: probably stalked them somehow. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Crazy. Okay.
0: Okay. Now it's time for our audience members though. So obviously we're not reading charts right now. I just want to put that out there. I hope I've made that clear. This is just like what I found through puzzling your pieces together through what we've talked about, what can give you a general idea. Um, This first person is a friend of mine who actually told me to include her name so her name's molly um and um i thought it was really interesting because molly and the other person who sent in their um times to us and their um birth dates they both um had very similar charts and i just wonder if that says a lot about the type of person who would first of all be a big fan of us but second of all be a big enough fan to share this kind of thing with us and that's why their charts were so similar um But Molly's first and um, she has a son in Leo in the eighth house. So this means that she has an essence of sustaining action through mental health, intimacy, transformation and other people's resources. So kind of similar to uh, to you with your eighth house, but in a different essence way. Next up for uh, Molly is she has a moon in Sagittarius in the 12th house. So she needs to feel emotionally secure through changing actions within her unconscious mind through her hidden life and through loss.
1: Interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. And finally, she's a rising in Capricorn, um which her her um which Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, which is guided by Aries in the 4th house for her. So this means she strives towards initiating practicality and is guided by the Taskmaster Planet in an action-oriented way towards her goals within her home and her foundations.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. So that's that's a bit of puzzle piecing for uh, Molly, our lovely, loyal, and um, passionate and practical listener. We love you, Molly. <laughs> Thanks
1: for listening, Molly. All right, now our mystery person. Can we name our mystery person?
0: Well, before we move to mystery person, I do want to tell Molly what her famous celebrity counterparts <gasps> oh, are. Oh,
1: oh, I'm so sorry. Molly would <laughs> want to know.
0: She has the same big three. I thought this one was really interesting as Ray Bradbury, the author of Fahrenheit 451. Hmm. I know. And also when I say big three, I'm not including ascendant ruler. Um, this is just... Sun Moon Rising. Just want to make that clear. Um, But yeah, Ray Bradbury. (laughs) Um, Also if our audience knows these other people, Thurston Moore, who was part of the band Sonic Youth, and then Martha Heyer, an old American actress. Um, She's also the same big three as those three. Wow. Interesting. Um, But next up is um, the mystery person. Now this mystery person is actually I'll share this part about them. Not from America. So we got Someone with a chart from another country here, which I found so fun, um, but yet kind of similar with houses and signs. Um, Interesting,
1: because if you don't know geographically, it matters for your chart.
0: Yes, because obviously the time you're born matters and the time would be different (laughs) if you were born in a different place. Right. Um, So uh, this person has a sun in Sagittarius in the 12th house. Their essence is of changing actions within their unconscious mind and through loss and the hidden life. Um, They have a moon in Sagittarius in the 12th house as well, just like Molly, um, which means they need to feel emotionally secure through changing actions within their unconscious mind and through loss and hidden life. So I found that interesting. They both feel emotionally secure with those similar ways. (laughs) And again, another similarity between them, their rising is in Capricorn, which means they're ruled by Saturn, which is also guided by guided for them by Aries in the fourth house. Wow, I know they strive towards initiating practicality and are guided by the taskmaster in an action oriented way towards your goals within your home and your foundation. So when I saw this for these two people, Claire, I literally had to double check my work. I was like, am I putting in their information like the Did same? We
1: perhaps make a match of new best friends.
0: I mean, or or mortal a enemies new
1: relationship, or mortal enemies. Is that you said? <laughs> yeah. I don't Too know similar. how this
0: would work. <laughs> the only thing different for them is their son. Um, it's it's wild to me. It's so similar. <laughs> wow. I know. They I must know. Meet. On different sides of the pond. I know. I would be really interested interested with seeing how these two interacted with each other. Um, cause I wouldn't think knowing these two people, cause I do know these two people that they would, that, th- that they would be so similar. Um, but I guess that sun sign does a lot, especially cause both of their sun signs are in fire signs. So who knows?
1: Wow. Well, co-star, uh-huh. if you're listening and you want to sponsor us and you want to sponsor us <laughs> getting these two people to meet.
0: I don't know if Coastar will sponsor us after what we said about them. Coastar,
1: don't <laughs> listen to the first 5 minutes of the podcast. Just jump to now. Just jump to now, okay? I love you. Um and Wait. I if you want to sponsor us
0: Before fine. we get to Coastar possibly sponsoring us though. I don't want to lose out on their celebrity match.
1: <gasps> yes, okay.
0: Um Across which the pond
1: person celebrity match?
0: I don't know this celebrity match. Um, but I figured this person doesn't live in America, so maybe they do know this person. They have the same big three as Lorraine Kelly, which is a Scottish television host. Oh. And I thought that was apt for them. That was the most well-known person that they were similar to. And I thought that was funny because that person also is an American. So who knows? <laughs> Are
1: they also in Scotland?
0: Um, I... We'll not say yes or no, but no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that's that's it from our audience charts in our own. Um, Any questions about charts or any final thoughts, Claire?
1: I feel like I have a lot of information that is seeping into my brain and I'm excited to have a few days to kind of sit on it and kind of hear what the audience thinks and share Next week at recess, what I think, but I did want to share just um, my new favorite astrology app is called Astrology Zone. Highly recommend we can talk about it at our recess next week that you download it. And it's very interesting. So if you are looking for a way to dive into this, start with our podcast, that book Michelle recommended, Mm -hmm. and then I recommend downloading uh, Astrology Zone.
0: Which we're not sponsored by Astrology so No, not at all. Um, that also being said, I'll recommend that like all the charts that I looked up, I looked up through Channing Nicholas's website um, where you can look it up, where even I have found that she describes what moon phase you were born under uh, to you and what that means for you. For instance, I'm looking at Claire's right now. She was born under a last quarter moon. <gasps> yeah. Well, that is a crescent moon you're showing me on your ear. Not a that's not right. a quarter, but it's still very beautiful, Claire. Oh. <laughs> she was showing me her earring. I'm
1: not good at what is it? Geometry? Would that be shapes?
0: Um You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> um but that's that's about it for me, Claire. How about you? Yeah.
1: I think that is everything. Follow us at Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and we're looking to engage
0: with you more there. Yeah, uh, just tell us on our social media about any other astrology recommendations, apps you may have, and also like what you've discovered personally from listening to astrology two weeks in a row. I'd love to hear some feedback about what you've learned about yourself, what you choose to ignore, what you choose to accept, all that stuff.
1: And if you have been so not into astrology and these last two weeks, you've just hung on with us. We hope you learned a little something and had fun laughing with us. We will be back with a new topic next week. But until then, subscribe, rate, review. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.